You are listening to the Sub Pop Podcast. I am Arwen Nix, and I am sad to say that this is my last episode of the Sub Pop Podcast. And that does not mean that this is the last episode of the Sub Pop Podcast. It's just the last one that I will have anything to do with. Probably, maybe, who knows what the future holds. But uh, I am moving down to Los Angeles, as we talked about in an earlier episode. And this last episode is incredibly special to me. It's in a conversation with Shannon Perry, who is the front person for the band Gazebos, who are signed to Hardly Art. And Shannon is also a dear friend of mine. Um, and I think one of the most creative and magical people in Seattle or maybe anywhere. Anyway, Shannon put on Facebook a while ago that she had found these recordings that she made when she was in rehab years ago. And I asked her if I could interview her about the recordings she made and about why she ended up in rehab, what she was there for, and what it was like there. So this interview is me talking with her and um, a bunch of the recordings that she made mixed in. And to me, it's incredibly special. So thank you, Shannon. And um, dear listener, enjoy. I flushed my glasses down the toilet in rehab, oh rehab. I flushed my glasses down the toilet in rehab. Yeah, rehab. If, there, if, if there's anything to be felt, then I'll feel it. Why in the name of seven mad gods who rule the sea was I allowed to come thus far and contemplate sand and trees? To start, tell me um, your name. My name is Shannon Perry. Where were you when you recorded these? Uh, when I recorded these, I was in um, a rehab called the Plymouth House in the mountains of New Hampshire. Rain in New Hampshire. How long ago was it that you were there? Um, I think it was about six years. I'm pretty sure it was six years. It's like between five and seven years, so I'm guessing six. What had you gotten sober from? What was your struggle with? Um, well, first and foremost, I had started taking Adderall to an excessive degree. I was starting to just take it all the time and maybe stay up all night or... And then if you're that hopped up on Adderall, you, at the end of the day, you kind of need to drink to just bring yourself back down. And so then I had started drinking heavily, like starting around like 4 or 5 p.m. You could drink an entire bottle of wine when you're on that much Adderall and not even start slurring. Um, so then I was drinking a lot of wine and taking a lot of Adderall. And then like um, also then I would smoke weed because the alcohol didn't really do that much. And so then I would, it was like my power triangle of, of substances. Freedom is no place if you are stuck in your head. I don't know how deep you want, I should get right off the bat, but I was like hallucinating and having paranoia and hearing voices and stuff. 
another bad man What's up? Hello there fear Hello there bad man Like as soon as I started seeing things I was like that's what insane people do I it, that does that mean I'm crazy and then I went and looked online at like uh, symptoms of Adderall overdose and I had all of them aggression anxiety panic depression blurry vision and that was one of them uh, like psychosis hallucination people definitely thought Nothing I was starting breathing. to get crazy or starting to go crazy but Nobody had really talked to me yet, and I wasn't worried that I was crazy. I thought I was, like, really honing in on re realness and, and, and the collective consciousness. I thought I was, like, going towards something. Oh, oh it's Saturday forever. Fainting. Tremors. Seizures. I am aching loss of for consciousness. my friend. I would, I would tell myself as I'm walking and I think a demon's following me if I turn around and look to see if it's there am I crazy um, but if I ask myself that question do I negate the craziness because I've already acknowledged that looking could mean that I'm crazy so is that awareness enough to make me not crazy and then I look behind me a human is meant to be green Imagined as a screen, the colors apart becomes blue and yellow side by side, but it takes up twice. I don't even know. It was like whatever God was to me at that moment. I was moving towards a God, and I'm an atheist, so it was that was a little weird. <laughs> Believe me, I'm not blue. I just need you to know so I'll see it in you. I stopped taking it and went from probably what was close to like 80 or 90 milligrams a day to nothing. It's the worst. It's the worst thing I've ever quit in my life, including cigarettes and like alcohol and everything. It was like ultimate depression, just sleep. All you can do is sleep. Like, can't even get dressed, can't even just eat. Just eat and sleep, which is probably healthy because I, I think I weighed, like, not much more than 100 pounds at the time because I was taking so much Adderall. Joy must be subtle or pain will run deep. The pendulum swings, it's your choice how steep. And you can walk in the middle and not even get bruised. Why are you whispering on so many of these? I was sharing a room with um, a meth head and a bath salts woman. So um, she was the only bath salts person there. She was amazing. I, I mean, amazingly paranoid. Um, and so I, anybody could have walked in at any given moment. So I had to be sure that they w I was just I didn't want to get caught being weird because I was often like in the fetal position on the floor just like singing into the side of my bed because I didn't want anyone to hear it I mean I still do that exact kind of music writing now with my apartment I'm just like don't want my neighbors to hear <laughs> 
wider than miles I'm crossing you in style someday inhabited by what oh, I know to be the most charismatic thoughtful or interesting of the Seattle popular weirdos they were attractive street smart well toured in vans creative fun living and I wanted to be one of them I was 28, and 30 was looming on my horizon like a desk I wasn't ready for. What had I been doing all this time? Why did I, at 28 years, still feel like I hadn't done something unfingerable but specific? What was missing? Not like school. That would come. I wanted to be reckless. I wanted to know I could let go. I wanted to know if I was brave. Brendan lived in a literal closet off the room next to the kitchen in the spruce house. If this had been a traditional home, this room might have served for a dining room. In this case, it was the show-slash-couch-crashing-slash-movie-slash-party room. People people teased me for being from Seattle, um, like, as if it was a bad thing. Like, when you say people teased you, what did they say? I don't know, like coffee, space needle, I don't know, like basic, but it didn't bother me that much because I was actually proud. <laughs> I, was, I was like, yeah, I am from Seattle. <laughs> this place is really weird. <laughs> oh, feelings of the bell. It comes through my open door when I'm quietly still. Describe what an inventory is. An inventory is uh, basically where you write down everything from your earliest memory up until your current state that has hurt you, that somebody else did to you, that you feel resentment for, that you're upset about. You, like you write it out in these books and then you leave four lines underneath. Then you break each one down. You make the list first and then you go through one by one and you break down each one as how you were a hypocrite, like how you've done that same thing to someone else in your own life. Uh, you just deconstruct everything you're upset about in your entire life. It was actually like the best thing ever. It was great. After I was done with it, I felt like a new person. Freedom is no place if you are stuck in your head. Freedom is no place if you're stuck in your head. How did you have a phone to record these things on in rehab? I didn't have a phone. When I, I was, I didn't know that we could have like an iPod or anything to like listen to music on. And I forgot to bring one. And then Fake Dad, um, who is my sponsor, I call him Fake Dad, um, he had brought me a little like really crappy little MP3 player and was like, I put just some bands on this. And I was like, realizing, you know, it's like, here's 13 bands worth of music or something that I'm going to listen to. for. And it was ended up totally saving 
my life, but then I found out you could record on it. And as a musician and just, I don't even know, I, it was, I was like, oh, well, this experience I'm having is so crazy and I feel so alone and so scared. I, it was like the thing I could do to stay sane is make something or make sing or like I had a bunch of just play drums on the floor with my hands like I remember that feeling more than I remember most of my experiences there socially sometimes I think that I'm over you sometimes I think about what to do or how long I'll have to wait to be with you assuming you maybe feel the way that I do too sometimes I think that I'm over you sometimes I think about what to do or how I'll have to wait to be with you assuming you feel the way I fell in love with Brendan one night in that room on the floor, couch pushed aside to make room for the large paper I assumed he hadn't had to pay for, upon which we were each painting half of Courtney Love's face, sloppily and without precision or care for distinguishing characteristics except for blonde, and all we had for skin was pink. Do you remember um, being in love, like it sounds like you are in these? Uh, I do now but it to listen to myself talk about being in love with Brendan is really comedic to me now because he's a one of my best friends and no offense to him I would never date him I love him to death but he's wild I but I do remember having a crush on him and I do remember thinking he was he was cute but not as cute as I wax poetic about um when I'm talking about him in these recordings He's just the most handsome guy he just is his eyes are brown I think and close set his hair is dark and wild his jaw proud and his nose just perfect and dusted during summer with freckles lightly. It's really wonderful to hear how heartbroken I am or how, how much I just am like in love with him and know him now and know me then and understand that I did not even know what I, what I thought I was in love with. You know, to tell me. All I could do is nothing. I think I said something calmly proud and left. I thought I was saving face. But that's all I ever tried to do then. Save face. What face, right? I love that guy. He really is good. He taught me not to lie. After that affair and the overlapping one following it with Nick, I quit drinking. When did you find these recordings? When a friend of mine was actually going to the same rehab, I was digging through looking for an MP3 player to give him. When I was going through it, I found all these recordings and I, of course, took them off because I was like, there's no way I'm going to let him listen to these. <laughs> but um, but then I started listening to them and I was sort of like, oh, my God, this is it's like a real window into the hardest, most terrifying moment of my life. 
It is a miserable life to be always uncomfortable with me. It is a miserable life to be always uncomfortable with me. I, I, I was, it was terrifying to listen to. It still is terrifying to listen to. So when you hear those things, this like this time machine that you have access to, to Shannon from six or seven years ago, like, what do you think of her? I, I had forgotten that I felt that way. And I remember it very clearly now that I'm looking at it. I was, I was insecure. I was uh, wanting to hang out with the people I considered to be the cool kids, um, like wanted to be like more punk. So I think I was always trying to be brave. And I think going, choosing to go to rehab was me being, trying to be brave and me trying to confront my own fears and emotions was me trying to be brave. And I'm glad that I did it because I don't feel such a necessity to do it all the time now, or at least I've like come to terms with uh, some of those feelings, but I forget the question. <laughs> Shan, yeah? Be honest. Okay. Shan, yeah? Be brave. Okay. Shan, yeah? Work hard. Okay. Shan, yeah? Give. Okay. Shan, yeah? Shane, go home and hide. Bury me deep. I don't want to survive. Be humble. Shame, go home okay. and hide. Bury me deep. I don't want to survive. Shame, yeah. go home and hide. Bury me deep. Take care of your responsibilities. I don't want to survive. Shame, okay. go home and hide. You can learn more about the singular Shannon Perry at uh, subpop.fm. And if you like this kind of interview, I made another show earlier this year called How's Your Day that has a lot of the same kind of style. It's in all the podcast places. And I want to say again, an enormous thank you to Sub Pop and to everyone who works here for letting me be part of this weird popcorn eating family. Alyssa, you are incredible. You're the one who made this entire thing happen, and I am forever grateful to you. 
and uh, I don't want to get too saccharine, but I have really loved my time at Sub Pop, and none of it would have mattered at all if it wasn't for all the listeners. So to anyone listening, thank you so much. Um, of course, thank you, Stuart Fletcher, star of the Megamart ads, and so much more to this project, and Chris Jacobs, and Megan fucking Jasper, and Jonathan Bonneman. I love you guys. 